Moses in the CIA? I'm Moses, Ken Mosesian. And like my ancestor, I'm all about training individuals, teams, and companies how to lead. Now, I've joined forces with the CIA. I'm Dan Crum, known as the CIA. And I can help you win your best deal every time through my sales training, the CIA method. Join us as we talk about topics of life and business from two unique perspectives. Hello, Ken. How are you this fine evening? Oh, Daniel, now that I'm here with you, I'm doing great. Well, even though you're probably feeling a little bit impatient, tonight <laughs> we are talking about patience is a virtue. What's that all about? It's about a gift that I've not been given. That's what it's about, Dan. It's about uh, the challenge that I think I share with a lot of people when we can't get what we want and we can't get it now. I think we've become uh, a society that is locked into instant gratification. And if not absolutely instant, then certainly within a 24-hour turnaround. And, and you think about the promises that customer service makes, you know, we will be back to you within 24 hours, within eight hours, within whatever it happens to be. All that's great for customer service, but I think it has had this effect where we start to live our life with an expectation that everything will be instant. I mean, in, in an instant, you know, on the phone, we've got the answers to virtually everything at our fingertips. I find that I don't ponder things anymore. I don't try to think and recall things. I just grab it. It's like Google it. Just, just check. Just find it. Just get the answer. There's no sense of wonder. There's no sense of waiting. Um, and there's no sense of it'll be here in a week. It'll be here in a few months in some cases with like handcrafted items if you order any of those things. Uh, and I think it's a challenge for our society. I think it is a real challenge that instant gratification has become our default mode. Because when those times come, when we're actually called upon to wait for something, I find it to be really, really difficult and it affects my entire day. You've probably seen those memes, call it, of the person who's on the plane and he gets an announcement that uh, we're going to be providing complimentary Wi-Fi service for this flight. They're like, yes, I don't have to spend the money, I can be on my computer, phone, whatever the whole time. And then 15 minutes after the plane takes off, there's an announcement to say, sorry, we're having problems with our Wi-Fi connection. So there'll be no Wi-Fi during this flight. And everyone's just irate. And this person's like, I can't believe this. Where do we live in this world? And they forget they're flying in this machine going 500 miles an hour in the sky, transporting them potentially across the ocean like you'll be doing in a week or so. And uh, we just have this, like you said, this, this need it, well, we've created it as a need, right? It's like we live up to, like our expectations tend to be probably just ahead of reality. And as soon as technology advances a little bit, we up our game more. Our expectation for now is greater and faster. Um, just made me think of something funny from Back to the Future Part Two. And in the movie, 
they take a pizza and they stick it in this thing. It's called a hydration machine. And it was like what they imagined in 2015, this future device that could just hydrate food. So you'd stick the pizza and they're like hydrating and it would come out and the whole pizza would be cooked in literally seconds. And I was thinking of how we don't even appreciate a microwave. Like we can look at a microwave oven and go, the heck is it taking so long to pop my popcorn, right? And it's literally minutes. And think about how incredible that is or to heat up water. Like, I mean, most people probably still use the old school, you know, stick it on and let the whistle blow when the, the water's hot enough. But you could literally heat up water in seconds, probably, you know, a minute or so. And it's just incredible that we have this expectation that, or this need that we've set for ourselves um, instead of this virtue of what we're calling patience. And to, to what you alluded to, we're, we're leaving for France in a week. And France has something called a health pass. And you need one of those with a little QR code to get into restaurants and bars and concert venues and museums. Basically, it just attests to the fact that you've been vaccinated or that you've had a negative COVID test within the past, I think it's 72 hours, so you can get in. Um, they opened the system up to Americans on the 9th of August, and uh, you know we're at the 24th right now. We got our passes early this morning. My husband's pass had his name misspelled. And as I was telling you earlier, Dan, it just kind of sent me into a tailspin. It's like, I've been waiting impatiently as it was. We got it. And now I don't know how to navigate a system that's not set up for where an error happens. So, you know, got it back out to them. And now the clock feels like it's ticking. But as I've been communicating with friends in France, it's not nearly as dire as I make it. Most places are accepting American CDC cards. They're you know, not supposed to, but unofficially, it's like, you have a CDC card, shows you're vaccinated, that's great, you're in. Um, one of my friends said that they had used her maiden name instead of her married name. None of her ID has her maiden name on it. And no one's checked. It's just like you have your little scannable QR code. It's probably in the 99th percentile in terms of it's going to work everywhere. And in the one place it may not work, you go someplace else. And yet the fact that I couldn't get it, that I couldn't get it as fast as I wanted, like I was expecting next day turnaround when they opened the system to literally everyone who's not a French citizen or a French national around the world who was going to be traveling there. And the fact that I got it in a matter of a week, to your earlier point about like appreciating how fast a microwave is or how fast a plane flies or whatever it happens to be, the fact that I got that in a week is just kind of miraculous in and of itself. And now I'm being called on to exercise some patience one more time. And, and I think what it's doing for me is, is making me look at other areas in my life that I'm incredibly impatient, like people that I'm impatient with, even if I may not show it. It's like, what's that, what's that kind of cyclone in me that's spinning that says it has to be now and now and now? And, and it has to be faster. Every time something advances, that becomes the new normal, that becomes the new bar. 
And now everything is ratcheted up and I become less patient. I don't think it's healthy physically. I don't think it's healthy spiritually. And I don't even think it's productive in the least. I, in fact, I think it's counterproductive because my mind is so focused on not the things that I've got, not the things that worked out, but on the things that aren't here yet. The way that I would describe people experiencing negative emotions would just be simply a misalignment between expectations and reality. And I think if I'm analyzing what is patience or impatience, it's really just expectation setting in our head. Really is that. So if I'm trying to give any sort of advice uh, to the people listening, it would be um, set proper expectations for the world. Give the world or whoever's in control of the situation that you're being patient or impatient for some leeway and some grace to know that you're not the most important person to them. Your product, service, whatever that you're waiting on, uh, definitely unless you were, I don't know, the highest ranking person in the country, you're probably not at the top of their list. So give that person a little grace, but give yourself some grace because there are sayings that we die like a thousand deaths through our imagination. So when we set this expectation in our heads, we're just imagining um, that something should be a certain way. We're literally just like creating something in our head, like it should be this way. And it goes back to something we talked about in a prior podcast, which is I said, my primary question was what's not right about this. And I struggle with that every day to look at every interaction that I have or coaching or consulting that I do. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, like what is wrong with this company? What is wrong with this person? This is so inefficient. This is so wrong. Um, so when we're not in the advice giving business, it's not my client. I almost have to allow like that company or those individuals who work for the company, a little bit of grace to say, no, I fit probably very appropriately into the segment of people that they provide this service or thing to. So let me set an expectation in my head that has more room for things to be slow and to go wrong. And I think it's a it's an interesting double-edged sword because it can teeter on the edge of pessimism because you're like, ah, oh, yeah, something's going to go wrong. I bet you. It always goes wrong, right? You don't want to be that pessimistic person who expects things to go wrong. But you almost can have this very uh, relaxed and giving an open viewpoint of to say, you know what? I recognize where I fit into this and um, it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. I've also said before, one of my favorite sayings is God, God's delays are not God's denial. So sometimes you're like, I want it and I want it the way I want it, when I want it. And sometimes God had a better plan for you. And that plan was to have it happen when it was supposed to happen along the plan that he has for your life. So to give that like allowance does two things. It sets, it kind of sends that energy out to the world of like, I accept my place in it. I accept where I fit into the the scheme of everything going on, but it also gives yourself this like leeway to set the appropriate expectations. So now you can have a better alignment. Your mood, your emotions will align because you say, this is what I expected. This aligns with my expectations. And then reality sometimes will be better. It'll exceed it. And when reality exceeds your expectations, it's always on that positive spectrum of emotions. 
I don't think it's a pessimistic view. I think what you were talking about before that that notion of it may not work out. It may not go the way that I want. Um, it it kind of taps into Stoic philosophy in which they're unafraid to examine possible outcomes that could be what they want, could be greater than what they want, might be less than what they want. And then whatever happens, they're already prepared for it. They're aligned. It's like, ah, didn't work out that way, but it worked out this way. I had considered that possibility. That possibility happened. There you go. It's easy. And it makes me think, and this is a whole different topic, but it but it brings up that that kind of a I don't know that 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 notion of of if it if it doesn't work out perfectly, if it doesn't go the most positive way we imagine, then someone's wrong. I failed. I'm not doing the right thing. Somebody else failed me. There there's there's just a huge story that get, gets built around like somebody in an office in Paris put the letters in the wrong, you know, the the wrong order on my husband's pass. That's literally all that happened. And it is so easy for me. And and I, I, I think some of our listeners might be in the same boat. It is so easy to take that and make it be something much bigger. You know, from I'm not doing something right to the most, you know, absurd notion of this is somehow punishment for something I did wrong some time ago, um, to a comment on the incompetence of another human being who just simply made a mistake. I have no idea how many thousands of these they're processing every day where they've got to like hand sort people's applications, most of which are handwritten, and their passports, and their vaccine cards, and their round-trip air tickets to make sure it's all legit. And then plug it all into their system, produce a card, and email it back all before the date that you're supposed to arrive. I mean, that's like it's extraordinary. When I think about it, that's kind of like the microwave boiling water in your coffee cup in 30 seconds. And yet, instead of extending, as you said, extending that grace and allowing for the fact that we're imperfect and there's going to be a mistake made, and there happened to be a mistake made with mine. Um, you know, it, it just becomes something where I find myself, uh, getting triggered. And so like the trick is, at least for me, as I think about this in this conversation, can I just stop for a moment, take a breath, pause, separate. And what would have happened this morning at whatever, 2.30 AM when I looked at his pass, if I would have taken the deep breath then and just said, you know what? I made a mistake. So glad that so many people are getting theirs. I'm glad I got mine accurately. We'll resubmit. We'll get it done. And I could have gone back to bed. But instead, I woke the dog up, took him for a really early morning walk, and uh, came back and then spent the rest of the day like just having this run in the back of my mind. So I, I, I think from an, if we're going to look at this from an advice perspective, there is something about that pause after that inciting incident, whatever happens to be, to just take a breath and think about the full scope of the situation, particularly if something has, quote, gone wrong, and recognize, you know what, I'm imperfect. I make mistakes too. I've caused delays for others. 
I sure appreciated it when somebody showed me patience and grace. I can certainly do the same for somebody else. Even though I don't necessarily follow this, I, I choose to embrace this thought of when something doesn't go as planned, doesn't happen on the timeline that I want. I just say that phrase of good things come to those who wait. And I, and I accept that thing of almost like it's like good, good. Like I actually focus on like what good could come out of this and actually what better could come out of this. And it goes back to that primary question I have of like, how could this be even better, right? The new adopted one. And I think, well, it didn't happen the way I wanted it to. It didn't happen on my timeline, but now how could it happening later be even better? Because maybe it's different, right? And maybe to happen later is a better timing, better timing for the situation. And you know, I don't know much of detail about your situation, Ken, but I would just say if it's emailed to you, I imagine the hotel you stay at there, you could still access your email and print it off. So even if it came after your trip, most likely people are going to let you in anyway. But worst case is it never shows, or maybe it shows up right at the right time and you go to print it, you go to the concierge, like, can you print this for me in this picture? And they print it out, or however it works. Maybe it's a digital and you scan it on your phone. Whatever it is whatever. You can't change it. You can just do what you've done. And now you can have that patience and think maybe this will be even better. Maybe now when we meet new people, we'll have a cool story to tell them, right? And maybe you won't be able to get in somewhere, but maybe that'll lead you to go somewhere else that you would never have considered going had that pass been available to you and you got into the place you intended. So that's why I think like you didn't ask for advice, but my advice for that would be, you know, maybe it can be even better with patience. Yeah, I love that. And, and you know, maybe the even better thing applies not only to the situation at hand, maybe it applies to myself as well. Maybe I can be even better. Maybe this experience, this conversation can help me next time something doesn't happen as quickly as I want or as perfectly as I want it to. And it gives me the wherewithal to take that pause and to consider and to stop. And man, what a, what a win that would be just to have this experience of so-called imperfection lead to growth personally. That to me would be as big a win as, as you know, having something extra cool happen while we're in Paris uh, because the past didn't come in uh, on, on the, the, the time frame that I wanted it to. But your point is really well taken. And, and who knows where it might lead if I allow myself um, to be in that space of what's possible now, right? And what a great question that be, or that would be. What's, what's possible now? What could happen right now? So to wrap this up, it just made me think that I have had many, many situations that at first I'm very frustrated by. I cannot believe that happened that way or something never started or something ended in a way it ended. But in almost all cases now, like post analysis, I can look back and say, I never would have tried that out. I never would have, I wouldn't have been available to that company to work with them. Had I worked out with that other company that I really wanted it to work out. I was telling people about that and then that didn't work out. And of course, in the moment, it can be really frustrating, but to have that mindset and that patience to say, something even better is going to come up and to have that like open mindset of like, 
you're looking for that opportunity to be able to seize it when it's available and then really enjoy it even more fruitfully. So anyway, patience is a virtue. Please, all of you practice patience. I need to be patient with others, definitely, and with myself. And let's make our lives even better with patience. Thank you for listening. To learn more, check out MosesInTheCIA.com. To learn more about Ken Mosesian, check out Mosesian.com. To learn more about Dan Crum, check out DanCrum.com.